right, I'm looking for that clicker, Mike. It may be over there. Hey, good morning, everybody. Wow, turkey coma, and then we pull out a song from the Middle Ages. You know, that's, uh, that is kind of tough. Although we certainly, got, we certainly got an upgrade on our song leading, didn't we, over the last, you know, 50 years. Um, so um, I'm going to ask if we can advance the slide. Uh, we're looking for this uh, clicker. Let's see if this will work. We're in uh, uh, part four of a series on serving one another in love. That's such a key part of what it really means to be in, uh, you know, in God's kingdom. And um, let's see, got ahead of myself. Um, even more. Okay. There's JFK. Well, okay, let's go back. This is a new clicker. How about that? Um, <laughs> So anyway, good morning again. Happy Thanksgiving, okay? While we're, while we're warming up, why don't you greet each other, okay? So happy Thanksgiving. You know, welcome home, however you want to do that. Because we are a church family. We're here to serve one another in love. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll continue that fellowship after church. Now, let's look at our portfolio. Okay, you can stop now, okay? I'm on a tight, I'm on a tight leash this morning because Kelly's going to come up and share. And then we're going to have a very special time because in the last few years, at this time of the year, we've taken time to celebrate what God has done in our lives, in our church family, and we've been able to honor different people. Do you remember like last year we had a Heroes Banquet and we honored a very special person, Sam Lang, who served for for so many decades, had some special uh, events related to, uh, to that. But we want to celebrate uh, all of the people that give and love and serve so much. And so, really, that brings us to our topic for this morning. This four-part uh, four series right now is going to today zero in on serving one another with joy and with gratitude. And hopefully by the end, as we leave today, that we'll have a deeper appreciation and conviction and priority in doing with joy what servants in Jesus' kingdom do. Can we get an amen, you know, on that? Now, um, you know, for, it's really interesting, eighth spiritual birthday, 50th spiritual, you know, birthday. Um, you know, first of all, hey, Nick. Chase, Jordan, Jeff, amazing jobs in the preaching over the last month. Can't tell you how much we appreciate them. Jeff is still a young man, and those other young guys are pushing him. And occasionally, I get to make announcements, and, and believe it or not, Kelly and I get to share some things with you this morning. We're excited about that. We're excited about our new role in transition as we're helping more and more of our younger staff take, you know, greater and greater roles and um, help help creatively set, you know, some of the things that we're doing here. And if you're a member here, you got to go, amen. It's, we're grateful. For Kelly and I, as we think through this time of year, it's a very interesting time, a time of the year for us. Next week, uh, in seven days, I'm going to be celebrating my spiritual birthday as well. 53 years in God's kingdom. Baptized night. If you're clapping, it's definitely for God, Kelly, and yourselves for keeping me in here for that long, okay? Then the following week, we celebrate, Kelly and I, 47 years of marriage. Okay, again, if you're clapping, it's for her, for God, and yourselves, because as we like to say, 47 years in a row. 
because that's kind of challenging. And we've had our ups and downs, and being a part of God's kingdom and your lives has made all the difference in the world. How in the world do people try to have a great marriage and family without God and without Jesus and without gratitude and being served and serving one another? I'll never know. And then in uh, the following week, Kelly and I celebrate 17 years of being here with you in the North River family. That's the longest we've ever lived anywhere, you know, or any church we've ever been with. And so words, I just got to say this because this is sermon this is about gratitude and joy. I couldn't possibly have words to express how much you guys mean to, uh, to us, everyone who's here that's at a community service in the North that's with live stream or visiting families out of town, the impact you've had on our lives, the family that you've been, the prayers that you've prayed, how we've worked and labored together. You know my tradition, right, on Saturday before I speak? I come here and walk the aisles and, and pray. And I did yesterday, and I'm getting more used to where you're sitting now. This is great. We're back, coming back together. And as you know, I walk in and spend a good bit of time praying for each one of you and praying through the church. And oftentimes I know approximately where you sit. And shouldn't be any surprise to you that my theme yesterday, praying for you, your families, your children, was gratitude, was thankfulness. And I hope you feel the same. Hey, we just had a Thanksgiving weekend, right? Okay, anybody eat any turkey? Yeah, a lot of it. 17, was it 1789 that George Washington declared Thanksgiving, you know, as a, uh, uh, you know, a federal national holiday or at least to acknowledge it. And then uh, we've been celebrating that, you know, ever since. Um, it's, it's a great, I'm, I'm grateful for that weekend. It's a great thing to be able to think about, to reflect, and to remember. But that's not the only president who contributed to our Thanksgiving kind of heritage. Um, some of you know that uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, was given a turkey to eat at Thanksgiving during his presidency, and he pardoned the turkey. And he said, um, he set it free. And then that sort of has become a tradition on and off through the years. And, um, you know, actually in, in 1963, John F. Kennedy was given a, a turkey with a thing around his neck that said, good eating, Mr. President. And he for the first time publicly, officially pardoned that turkey. And, uh, and ever since, we pardoned a turkey, the presidents do, and they go on to live as long a life as a turkey can pull off at, uh, at North Carolina State Agricultural, you know, you know a play. That's, what they, that's what they do. Now, I'm saying that not just as a, a bit of history, but aren't you glad we don't have a God like that? Now, in this case... One turkey in the United States has a glimmer of hope <laughs> to win the lottery and to live. It could have been that way. It could have been like a Barabbas. All right, once a year, you get to choose somebody and you get to be saved. 
God, in, in many traditions, religious kind of traditions and mythology, that's kind of the approach. God is whimsical. He'll kind of pick and he'll choose. And aren't you glad we have a God who says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Jesus died for all of us, and all of us have an opportunity to eat at the table of feasting in the kingdom of God. I just say amen to that, that it's open for all of us, and that just is the basis, honestly, for any and all Thanksgiving, you know, that we've, that we've got. Um, as I said, these services this time of year, we try to do something a little special, and we're going to do it today. As Kelly and I wrap up, Jordan and Jeff are going to come up to the stage, and some of you are going to have the opportunity to come up and publicly in front of the rest of the group and the live stream world, okay, to be able to share something you're grateful for. Probably particularly uh, some person in your life that has made a huge difference. We're all deeply grateful for God. We can certainly say that in Jesus and his kingdom. But to give you an opportunity to express thanks and gratitude. Expressing thanks and gratitude is an important thing, not just to be healthy, but to be obedient, to follow Jesus, to put into practice some passages that we're going to look at. Before we get too deep, you know, into that, I think we've got to cover at least briefly again the whole idea that it's serving one another in joy and gratitude. The serving each other part many times is much more difficult than the gratitude and being thankful, you know, peace. And you'll remember the points that we covered. You know, we serve a God that serves us. And Jesus said, I didn't come here to be served, but to serve. Even though I'm the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, I came here to serve you. And then we're made in the image of God. God is a God who serves. And therefore, we were made to serve. Can I get it? Amen on that. Now, I don't know how much we embrace that in our day-to-day life and as we organize our lives, but God created us to be like him and to also serve. And how can we ever forget Chase's brilliant exposition, okay, of what it means to have the Holy Spirit in our life. It's just not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you singular, but plural. And so we say, y'all, y'all are the temple of the Holy Spirit because we are all in this together. Most of the Bible is written to us as a people, as a community, and in our understanding in the New Testament, as his church. This is just so very, very important. And let's just uh, review a couple of passages on serving. Do you remember when Jesus was trying to get restored to, uh, uh, well, Peter was trying to get restored to Jesus? He denied him three times. He'd whip bitterly. He was, he was guilty. He was down. He felt like a total failure. Jesus was able to spend some time with him after Jesus was resurrected. And he asked Simon three times. He called him Simon instead of Peter because he'd reverted back to his kind of old nature. Simon, do you love me? And Peter would say, yes, I love you. And Jesus would say, feed my sheep or tend my sheep or look after my flock, take care of my people. That's what it means. And three straight times. And so when, when Jesus asked Peter and us, do you love me? He's not just looking for you to get weepy during a song or emotional or uh, say, I really, really love you. Expressiveness to God and each other. Yes, important. We're talking about that. But he says, great, take care of my people. 
Any parent understands this. One of the greatest things anybody can ever do for you is to encourage, love up, serve, care for your children, and to pray for them. It's how God is. It's how we're made. And then in our proclamation, it's so important because Paul tells us, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. He's not just our Savior. He's our Savior and our Lord and ourselves. Okay, in our preaching, we preach Jesus is Lord, and what are we? Servants. Uh, that was a resounding, you know, loud. I get it. That is not, that is not like the cranberry, pumpkin pie, apple nut cake part of Christianity. You know, but it's the roll up your sleeves, care about others, serve them, follow Jesus. And then, of course, the Bible goes on to say, is you have an opportunity the rest of this season as we're moving into end of the year season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, as you have an opportunity. Do good to all people, but especially what? Those in the family of God, the household of God, the church of Christ, your spiritual body, y'all, all of us, you know, together. It's a very, very important thing. Let's look at our text, our, our main scripture for today. Luke 17. Okay, time now to crack open your Bible. Uh, Hold on to this one, spend some time with it, study it, see the nuances in it, look at it with a little bit of background. It's a very powerful passage, and it ends up with the subtitle of our uh, talk today, Where Are the Nine? Now, it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, he met a man there, who, uh, or he met ten men who were lepers and who stood far off. And they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. That, that's all Jesus said. They said, they're lepers. Ha have mercy on us. He says, go to church. That's it. You got to wonder, what are these guys thinking? Go to church? They won't even let me in the door. I'm a leper. But what the Bible says is that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, as they responded in faith to what Jesus told them to do, they were miraculously, wondrously cleansed in an incredible miracle. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned and with a loud voice glorified God and he fell down on his face, you know, at his feet giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. You can almost see Luke winking, Luke the only Gentile writer of the Bible, because he's talk, he, he brings up the Gentiles a lot, right? And women, I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the guy who's looking out for the underdog. So he's, he's, he's kind of smiling when he, he writes that down. Jesus answered him, weren't there ten that were cleansed? But where are the nine? Weren't there any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he, he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And what Kelly and I would like to submit to you you know, today, that, uh, that gratitude will also heal us, not just physically, but spiritually. This, this one guy, 
he experienced not only a dramatic physical healing, but a spiritual healing and a movement on his, his journey. This is so interesting because unlike other stories of Jesus' miracle, the focus on this, this account, it's not on the healing or the miracle, but what, ha- what was going on before and after the healing. That's the point of it. When somebody developed a, a skin issue in, in, in those days, they had to go show themselves to the priest because the priest was going to be able to determine, do you have leprosy or not? If you had leprosy, you were completely isolated from the community. It was a life sentence. You know, you couldn't associate and be close to anybody in a, in a normal health, you know, situation. It, uh, it was tough. Physical suffering was tough, but the physical suffering of being separated and isolated from everybody was, was apparently even worse. And so, I'm just going to put five lessons for you, for you to, to, to uh, digest on your own. How about that? As you go back and you read through this, this passage. First of all, we're all spiritual leopards. Can you agree? We have a, 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 an illness, a spiritual illness that is a life sentence and beyond, and we cannot heal ourselves. Romans 5, a host of other passages, and that creates a humility in a man or woman of God, just as it's designed to. We're all spiritual, you know, lepers. God is merciful. Can we get an amen on that? Okay, and when these, the, the, these lepers saw Jesus, they didn't even go, hey, God, our Lord, or whatever their concept was, who Jesus was, heal us. They just said, have mercy on us. That's a great way to come to God initially before we come with our list of things that we want to present to him. Yes, God is merciful. Spend some time digesting that. Here's an interesting one that a lot of people miss. We have a part to play in our healing. This is very hard for some people to digest because they've kind of grown up in a religious persuasion or they've heard a lot of talks about, hey, it's all God and nothing you do matters. It's all God. Well, it's all God as far as the power to save and to heal, but we are involved somehow. Our response in faith is involved somehow. It is very interesting here that these, the, 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 these leopards responded to a commandment of Jesus. They wanted to be healed, and J- Jesus gave them a command. Go to church. They had no idea what that was about. But what the Bible says, as they went, what happened? As they responded to Jesus in faith, you know, how many times did Jesus say, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? And this is, this is a point that is not a favorite with our religious friends. It doesn't mean you work yourself your way to heaven. That's impossible to do. It does mean that what we do in our life matters as we respond either in faith or not. Being a disciple of Jesus is far more than simply accepting or believing some truths. It's responding to God in faith. We don't have to labor on that, you know, point particularly. It's very clear in the Bible in many places. One of our favorite is Naaman. Anybody remember that? 1 Kings chapter 5. I'll leave it with you because some of you are going, I got no idea who that guy is. 
spend some time in it, you'll see the same thing. Whether it's Jesus healing, you know, somebody and telling them to go to the pool of Siloam and to wash, what in the world would jumping in a dirty pool of water do? Well, Jesus said it, you do it, and he comes through on what he said. We do have a part to play in this. But remember, we're all spiritual lovers. You know, we need God's mercy, and he is merciful. We do have a part to play in this. It's not like we don't do anything and don't respond in any sort of way. And then God expects us to be thankful. Don't you love that word expect? When there are expectations of you. I just want to really clue you in here that in the script, God actually does expect you and me to be people who are grateful and who are thankful. And here's, you know, here's the news break. Not just thankful to him, but grateful for each other. Now, here's the person I'm most grateful for. Kelly, go ahead. It's funny, reading that passage, you know, it's not like I think um, necessarily, oh, I've got to grow in my gratitude. You know, so that's not something I put on my, my list of goals very often that I can think of, but it is something I have to be intentional about. And you think about this leper. I just want to read this um, passage. Let me pull this up real quickly because just this little part, again, is pretty profound. One of them, just one, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And I, I love that little part where, you know, he, he stopped at some point, and he was intentional. He stopped, and he, he's like, no, I need to go back. It wasn't like, well, after I tell my friends and my family and let them see me, you know, then I'll go thank Jesus. I definitely will thank him, you know, at some point. It was just immediate. It was, it, it was just so heartfelt, and he couldn't help himself. He had to return. He had to go back and show Jesus, and I can just imagine what he was saying. I, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have watched this leper um, just overwhelmed with joy and gratitude. Jesus, look at my hands. Look at the skin. It's, it's, it's whole. I, I, I can touch people now. I'm, I can't wait to hug my family. I haven't hugged them in years. And, you know, you can imagine the things that he was feeling and how he had to go back and just tell Jesus how grateful, how happy he was to be healed. And, you know, all of it happened in a flash. There was rotting flesh, disfigurement, shame, all, you know, because of his disease and it, gone just in a flash. And that's really and truly what God's love does. It transforms us in a flash, like in instantly sometimes, in, in ways we can't explain. You know, we just stand there in awe that God just moved. God did something that we couldn't do for ourselves. And secondly, it wasn't quiet, like, oh, I just, you know, I just really want to thank you. I'm sure people were staring at him, and, you know, he's falling at his feet, and it's expressive. Gratitude is expressive. It can't be contained. And I, I just think, wow, this, this, this kind of gratitude, when it's in your heart, it's going to come out. Are we this way with God? Falling down in our, our prayers, crying, weeping, um, over, giggling, I mean, laughing. You're like, I can't believe it. You know what you just did the other day. And I, I just so overjoyed God. Um, he wants to hear our gratitude. The words thank you, they mean something. And for my kids, when you did something for my kids, it was like, so what do you say? 
And they knew immediately, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's what we say when someone does something for you. You acknowledge it, you acknowledge the kindness, the love that they've shown. What someone's done for you needs to be acknowledged. And truth, you know, the truth is happiness doesn't create gratitude, but gratitude does create happiness. But the question is, am I trying to be a happy person or a grateful person? You know, gratitude doesn't depend on my possessions, my status, uh, financial gain, it, it just things. It, it, it's relational. And that's why he had to go back. He knew who the giver was. And when someone's giving you something, you know the giver, you want to go and you want to give back and you want to respond. You want to thank them. And I think about just, it wasn't about Jesus' ego. Yeah, you need to thank me. You know, you owe me. It was just, he knew that was good for their hearts. It was a good thing. It was the right thing. It was appropriate. And I think how appropriate for us to be that way, to just be full of gratitude. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And I, I just, you know, I, I share about this a lot, but I, I just will never forget waking up after being in the hospital eight days, opening my eyes the next day and weeping and saying, thank you, I'm home. And, you know, I, I just think, wow, every day is really a gift. It's a present for you. And God can't wait for you to see the gifts and the blessings that he's bringing to you. Every single day is bringing something to you. Everything we have, everything we are is from God. But I know what my natural slant is. I don't know about yours, but I know. Uh, I didn't grow up in a happy home. I didn't grow up in a giving, you know, just expressive home. And so my slant can be very negative. And, you know, during COVID, my condo got smaller and smaller. And the bathroom got smaller and smaller. And there were times I was like, could you just move over? <laughs> and I've shared that before, but then I started really realizing gratitude could change my perspective. I was so grateful I have a husband I can be irritated by. I am so grateful for that. Now I've never, I, I don't go around thanking God, thank you so much, you know, <laughs> when he irritates me, but, um, which is very rare. <laughs> but, um, but seriously, we, you know, we, the world tells us life owes you something. You deserve better. And what I can tell you with certainty is how concerned I am about how negative and negative and negative the world has become. It's self-serving. It's all about how, you know, I perceive you're treating me or just reactionary, you know, just judgmental, just all these things that I experienced even growing up. And a lot of us did in our homes. Just it, it wasn't really a pleasant place to be when it was that negative. Um, and I wonder if you've noticed the world making you more anxious about things and you know ready to react. And and I think especially with our children, I think worrying about them, so that it becomes harder to be grateful when we're anxious. You know, we're thinking about ourselves. What am I getting out of this? Or how is that person going to respond to me? Or what do they think of me? And, you know, there are all kinds of ways that Satan gets in there. But that's why Jesus tells us, I believe in, you know, Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling and complaining. You know, we don't need to go to the negative places. We, we really don't need to go there. Well, I have to guard my heart. I, I can easily, quickly go there. Doesn't matter, you know, if I've been encouraged all day long and then one thing can seriously just set me off and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Um, 
And that, that definitely happens. But do all things, all things, everything, everything we do, we can do it without grumbling. That's what the Bible says. Because the opposite of gratitude is acting like I, de I deserve something. And really and truly, what do I deserve? Wow, <laughs> that's scary to think about. But um, I wanted to share about one experience I had, and it was after we announced that we were going part-time. And Betty Softy just came up to me and started sharing, and she said, I just want to thank you. And she shared and shared, and I thought, well, any minute she's going to stop. And it went on 15 minutes, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm embarrassed almost. Um, but she just said, you know, I know Tom's a strong man, but you are a strong woman. And there were some things she said that I, I just will never forget, ever. And she probably doesn't even know that. But she took the time, just like this leper took the time to go thank me and share her heart. It was an outflow of her heart. I think Susan has packed me probably five, six times and then unpacked because we had our whole floor torn up because of a leak. And then we had to pack everything but the furniture. I, and I'm sure when I would call, I'd be like, oh, it's Kelly again. <laughs> you know? But she never, ever acted like she was put out or, oh, no, again? I, I don't know if I can fit you in. I'm closing in. And, um, and I love this man so much. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And all I can say is, I mean, I, I just will end here because, you know, in John 16, it says the world can't take away your joy. That's the right. world can't take this away. It is from God. It's straight from heaven. And honestly, I feel like this church is straight from heaven. It's probably one of the biggest Christmas gifts ever, whatever you want to call it. I am honored to serve by your side. I am honored to watch you in the battle. I am honored to watch you serve and care for one another. I'm honored to watch you never, ever give up. And it just spurs me on like nothing, like nothing. I, I've never um, experienced anything, I don't think, close to it, except maybe my baptism. Uh, but you all are heroes to me. You really are. And I love you dearly. And. I just think, wow, if I could, you know, go on and on, I would, but my husband would not be happy with me. So, um, so thank you for just being servants of God and being my brothers and my sisters. Thank you, too. That was so great. So gratitude will help us uh, to grow spiritually. Um, you know, um, we have like three or four more pages of notes. So our family group, we're going to have fun, you know, in our family group because we've got a lot more to talk about. Hey, how about we make gratitude our default emotion? Um, just going to close out here. I think uh, Kelly and I this morning um, would like to submit to you that when you love and when you serve Jesus' church, when you teach or volunteer in children's ministry, when you give generously to support God's kingdom, when you make a special effort to stay next week for a few minutes after church and go through the tables at the volunteer fair and look actively for a place where you can serve and you can give and where you can serve Jesus' church once again. When we do that, we believe you're coming back to Jesus and saying thank you. Do you love me, Jesus? Asked Peter, feed my sheep. Whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers, you did to me. And while we're at it, let's take time to say thank you to each other. How about that? 
And in our prayers and our, our heartfelt support, you know, for one another and our families, give truly thanksgiving to God. And uh, when we ask the question, where are the nine at North River? Hopefully, they'll be very, very hard to find. Amen. <laughs>